Seattle Sports Station presents the K.J. Wright Show. The ball is intercepted. K.J. Wright reaches up about 13 feet in the air. Number 15. Now every Wednesday with Brock and Saul. How y'all like that? Brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Oh, yes. K.J.'s here. God, I missed you last week. It's good to see you, buddy. I missed you in the last two weeks. Has it been the last two? It's been two. No. I saw you the week before. Oh, no, no, no. Friday? Oh, you did. I didn't but see I did, you Friday. I did the when Friday you came show. In. I was talking to Pete. It was awesome. Yeah? Yeah, I wish we you know, talked after a win, but he was great. I thought my questions was, were great. He did? Yeah. I, now, didn't cut, I didn't cut him off. It was good. Are you... So he was your coach for a long time. Yep, 10 years. And I'm going to say that I'm going to guess that when you're in that kind of a relationship with Pete Carroll... Not that you think of him as a father, but that there's sort of an element where you want to please him, right? He was responsible for playing time and everything else. I would imagine that pleasing your coach like that is something that runs through your head, right? I would use a different adjective than please. I, w- I would just use just let's be cool. Let's have a good relationship. Like okay. we've been boys for the longest. And uh, you was my, you're my coach, and I looked up to you. You were phenomenal in my NFL career. So uh, it was definitely really cool and exciting to just talk to him. Like I'm interviewing yeah. the man that talked to me my whole career. Right. <laughs> Here I am. You know, we're talking ball, and the whole world's listening. So it, it was really cool. Oh, that's pretty awesome. I remember uh, years ago, I, I did my one year in Boston, and every week I had to interview Bill Belichick, which, as you can imagine, was a lot of fun. I know that was hard. <laughs> Bill didn't have a lot to say. Uh, yeah. It was okay if we were in person. If we were on the phone, literally, we had to sometimes stop the interview because we're talking about Like, hey, Bill, we're, we're literally doing a radio show. Yeah. But we had uh, one of his ex players, Matt Chatham, uh, who was a linebacker. And he was filling in with me one day, and we talked to Bill. And he's still terrified of him. He was still absolutely <laughs> terrified yeah. of Belichick. And this was years after he had stopped playing. Yeah. So I guess you didn't feel that way. No, not at all. I knew that. I, my coach, he just lost heartbreaking loss to the Niners. But I'm, I'm his guy. I looked at this is my guy. We're, yep. we, we, you know, we've been close for for a really long time. I was like, he's going to... He's going to be cool. He's going to answer the questions. He's going to be easy peasy. Good. Let's let's talk some. Ball. It seemed like his defense got some stuff cleaned up against the Chiefs, right? I mean, yeah. they, they certainly played better than they had the previous month. Yep. And when I interviewed him, I said, "Coach, what do you see in Clint Hurt? Okay, with his preparation and with his play calling um, during the game." And he had nothing but great stuff to say about him. He was like, "Obviously, there's some stuff that I want him to clean up when it comes to calling in games." But I liked what I saw from the defense. Okay, I was really looking for. I'm like, here we are. We're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Historically, we know they do not run the ball. If this team run the ball on us, I may throw my remote at the TV. <laughs> I may throw my remote control at the TV. But that wasn't the case. We held them under 100 yards. Good. And we actually played Patrick Mahomes pretty well. Like, he was kind of quiet, like, during the meat and potatoes of the football game. And so they're going to get theirs. He you missed know. a few throws, too. He, it? Did. he did not have a great game. And that's what I said on the show before. I said, you need a little bit of Mahomes being off mm-hmm. to, 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 to beat him. You need him to kind of struggle if you want to have some success to get him. Do you think that they affected him? And were I mean, look, if a guy has a bad game against you who's that good. I got to give you some of the credit for forcing him into having some of those misses, right? Absolutely. And it's a combination of just being off, you know, just the first third down of Juju. He just threw it right into the dirt. Like, stuff like that happens. But I do believe that we had a really good game plan going against them. We did a a pretty decent job against Kelsey until that last Last big play play that he had to get him over 100 yards. And so, I liked our demeanor that we came out defensively. I said this in the show. I said, if the offense is struggling, especially running the ball, defense, you got to respond. You have got to give them the ball back. You cannot get upset. You cannot get frustrated. If they're struggling, that's when the defense has got to rise to the top. And we saw they kept coming back, kept coming back. Kenneth kept getting the ball back to mm-hmm. the offense. Kenneth Walker came to life and got his 100 yards. Second half. Which I've been begging for. And so on. Really good job by the defense responding, giving the offense the ball back. And, you know, they did a pretty good Talk job. Talk to me about Kenneth Walker a little bit. So Brock and I had some of this conversation the other day. I am I am a very much two minds with Kenneth Walker. First of all, the explosive potential is amazing. Yep. I, get a, I get a little nervous with the quote-unquote patient running backs. And I know that there's a lot of them who've been super successful. Le'Veon Bell is certainly somebody that everybody points to as sort of the, the patient running back who understands how to, how to hold off and wait and wait and then hit that crease and go. I will admit, as a as a as a longtime football viewer, 
I'm kind of a fan of the just downhill one cut and go guy yep. because they're always momentum moving forward, et cetera. Yep. How as a linebacker, as a tackler, did you feel about the patient running back versus the, I don't want to say impatient, but the one cut and go guy? If you are a patient running back, you are doing me a very, very big favor. Hmm. Oh, you want to chop your feet in the backfield and just dance? Oh, thank you. Let me go get you and make the tackle. And I said this with Kenneth Walker. With a running back in his style, don't give him a patient running back run. Does that make sense? Yeah. Don't give him a patient running back run. Don't so don't me- run stretch zone, right? No, 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 no. Don't run that play that they've been running that has not had any success where they pull the guard and pull the tackle and he's back there dancing and he gets tackled for negative yards on every play. Don't give him that run. Give him a stretch run so where he can go and put his foot in the dirt and hit it right up the middle. Okay. I even like the toss play. Give him the toss play. Let him go, 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 and crease it right up the middle. That's his running style. That's what he excels at. And I'm not going to say he doesn't have the acceleration to be a patient running back, but when he gets back there chopping his feet, it's it's just not his style. Mm-hmm. It's not his forte. This man is to put his helmet in the linebacker's um, sternum, run him over, get five yards, get in the open field. That's what he excels Here's, at. You know, it's so funny you say that because for a decade, I feel like, maybe not quite that long, but in the post-Marshawn era, I have felt that same way about all of their running backs. I felt that way about Alex Collins, yep. who I always really liked when he was yep. at Arkansas. And I'm like, why do they keep giving this guy the ball in a read option? He's not good at read option. Yeah. Hand him off. Give him a handoff. Let him run downhill. Chris Carson, downhill Absolutely. running back, right? Absolutely. Get him in a power play or something where you're handing him the ball with some momentum. Absolutely. Uh, Thomas Rawls was the same way. And I think Rashad Penny is very much the same way. Like, Penny, one cut and go. He's awesome. He's the man. But you let him chop his feet. So why do those plays continue to exist? I don't know. But we're in week 17, and we've seen that the plays don't work. Don't try to put, you know, you put a little circle piece into a square hole. Yeah. Don't don't try to do that. It's not happening. And I know you want to try to throw the defense off like we're going to get them at this play. We've seen it work. But no, throw it in the trash Mm. and let's just do what we're really good at. We do not have the time to try to make certain things work. We know what Kenneth Walker is great at. We know that when he – just go look at all his runs where he's explosive and run those same plays. Let this man be great. And so um, the window is short to get this thing right. Two more games, Mike. We got two more. Two and more they're not out of it, right? I mean, like they're still right in the thick of things. You win those two. You don't need much help to get in. We don't need any help? They need a little help. They don't control their own destiny. If they win mm. both, I think you need one loss from Washington and one loss from Green Bay. Yep, and I saw that um, Carson Wentz is starting. Great news. Carson's not very good. <laughs> Great news for the Seahawks. <laughs> Great news. Yeah. And um, what is he coming off a hand injury? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, Carson Wentz is there. So, I mean, it's right there in front of you. It's you got right two there. beatable teams and certainly the Jets and the uh, and the Rams after that. I'm not saying they're, they're games you sh- you need to win or, or, or are expected to win. Yes. Those two teams are actually a little dangerous. They are. They, but they're winnable games. Absolutely. And you look at the Jets, they're right there as well. The Mike White is potentially going to come back. And it's just been a disaster with Zach Wilson. And so they're going to have a new surge mm. of energy like, oh, our, our guy's back. This is our quarterback. Let's really go out here, fight, let's battle. Robert Salah is coming back in the town. You know him? Oh, yeah. I mean, Salah my first three years. He was years. here, right? Yeah. Pretty good coach, right? Really, 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 really smart guy. And he yeah. was just the, the quality control guy. Uh-huh. And I was looking at his career. He went from quality control guy, linebackers coach, defensive coordinator, uh-huh. head head coach. Yeah. All within like seven years. Yeah. I'm like, who does that? How, how does that happen? But um, you just look at the body of work that he put together. Phenomenal in, in San Francisco. Um, really changed the culture and over there in, in New York. And um, really doing a really, really good and it's job. It's a little bit of a, it's a revenge game for Gino. Right? I mean, this is oh, where yeah. things didn't go didn't well for him. That. I brought that up with Pete on Monday, and he's like, well, it's kind of a revenge game for me, too. Pete's career, his first head coaching job was in New York, where he was one and done. Yeah. He was fired after just one year there. So, yeah. yeah, I think there's a little element of, like, this would be a pretty good team for them to beat. I want to take it in a different direction, though, because you mentioned Zach Wilson, who's really struggled. He was, what, the number two pick two. in the draft? Yes. We had, we've watched Kyler Murray this year as the number one pick in the draft, and that's on one side. And on the other side, you have Geno Smith, who is going to be a you know free agent, and do you want to bring him back? And you're going to end up with a top three pick due to the disaster in Denver. So before Cliff comes in here in 20 yeah. minutes, 
I want to ask you the best way to build a football team. Is it to make sure you get the quarterback right and get an elite guy? I mean, an Aaron Rodgers, a a Joe Burrow, maybe Patrick Mahomes, etc. Or is it easier slash better to make sure that your roster is great Mm -hmm. and your quarterback is good enough? We'll ask you that next. KJ writes in for a whole hour. Got Cliff Averill coming up in 20 minutes. It is Brock and Salk Sales Sports on 710 salesports.com. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle's Sports Station. All right, KJ's here. It turns out Cliff Averill's here. He'll be here in uh, in the studio in just a couple minutes. I don't know that Cliff's ever been in this studio. Yeah, Cliff worked for... He worked for the competition. Yeah, Yeah. uh, Puckett and... yeah. Those guys. I don't know whether he's ever even been. He's been on the air here, obviously, but I don't know whether he's ever been in the studio. So uh, congrats to you. You must have done something to get him to come up, wake up early and all that. I give myself a pat on the back, man. I didn't got Sherm, Cliff, Mebane, Malcolm. Oh, my God. You're friendly. Everybody likes you. Everybody loves KJ. And just so I know. Cliff's going to talk to me, right? He's not going to not talk to me. This is going to be okay. Are you going to talk to me? Are we okay? You're going to talk to me, yeah, right? Okay, good. Up. You're not going to excuse me from my own... Okay, good. I just want to make sure before you come in here, because Cliff's a lot bigger than me. Like, let's be clear. I'm going to make sure this goes okay. I can't, like, start, take off and start running or anything. All right. Uh, I before- asked if he was going to talk to you, fam. And is he? I, he said, yeah. Okay, good. He said, you're good. Oh, I'm good. Thank God. <laughs> See how awkward that would be. Can you imagine? Somebody wouldn't want to talk to me on this show. Sounds very strange. Um... <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, which is more important, or maybe which is easier, KJ? You're, you're John Schneider. I know you said before that the, the player personnel element of the game intrigues you. Yeah. So I'm going to put you in John's shoes. Yeah. You end up with the number two pick in the draft yeah. this year due to whatever the heck has happened in Denver. Maybe yeah. we'll talk through that a little bit in a few minutes. Do you want to take a quarterback knowing that there's a chance you could get a guy that is in that make every bit, everybody around him better category, a Joe Burrow, uh, 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 right now, a yep. Patrick Mahomes, yep. Josh Allen, yep. and maybe still Aaron Rodgers. Is there yep. anybody else in the league, by the way, that you think is in that category of they're so good that they just make everybody around them better? Yeah, obviously, you know, Tom Brady in his prime. Um, but playing now, I, I think oh, it's yeah. kind of just that list. Maybe it's- Justin Herbert? I mean, I, I really like um, I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I don't know if I can put mm-mm. him there yet. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Right? Okay, so that's a very rare group. Yeah, you said him. And the risk factor is if you draft one of those, you try to draft one of those guys and you end up with Kyler Murray, if you end up with Zach Wilson, mm. right now you're committed to them for a few years. In the, in, the, not, in the Cardinals' case, they bet on him again, which I thought was a gigantic mistake. They've mm. blown five years of that franchise Absolutely. on Kyler Murray. Absolutely. So if you get the chance... Are you going to say, hey, look, Gino did it for a few weeks, but yep. now the end of the year hasn't gone the right way. What, yep. what do you do? If I get the chance, I'm on the draft board, and I'm looking. I'm at the number two or number three spot. Yep. And the quarterback that I love, I love this guy. He's going to change our franchise. Mm-hmm. If he's gone at the number one pick. What if he's there? If he's there. Oh, I'm taking him. So you're willing to take him if you truly believe it. Absolutely. Do you think any of these guys are that guy? Absolutely. Who? I'm, I like the kid from Alabama. You like Bryce Young. I like Bryce Young. You think Bryce Young is that guy, and if he's there at number two, you got to take him. you got to take him. Just looking at what I've seen on TV with the highlights, hmm. watching him over his career. I haven't watched the film. I haven't watched film on him. I haven't okay. watched film on the Ohio State guy or the Kentucky quarterback. But from what I see with the naked eye, Bryce Young, if he is there, Without hesitation, I'm taking it. So there is a that's interesting, and I kind of agree with you. I don't know whether he's that guy or not. I wouldn't have enough knowledge to to make that decision. But I'm with you. If you think you've got Patrick Mahomes, you got to draft him. You got to take him. And if you don't, then you really don't need to take the risk, and right? I mean, you got to say, hey, maybe there's a Jalen Hurts available in the second round. Absolutely. Do you do not want to get in the business of reaching? Hmm. For a guy, this team is not in position where they got to reach and it's like, ah, I got to go for it. You do not have to do that. You want to take the best player on the board. Keep keep building your team. Mm. Keep drafting guys. Keep filling in those pieces that you need. Take the best guy available because you have options. You got two first rounders yep. with two second rounders. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, as much as it would be nice to see them win these last two games, if you don't. If you don't, I'm not saying I want this to happen, but if you don't, you might be looking at two top 10 picks. Yeah. 
right? Yes. I mean, two picks in the top ten, and then four picks in the top forty-two. Yes, and let's let's some re- good players and available. Let's, let's rewind the season. Let's rewind yeah. it a little bit. Like we saw what the expectations were, and so I, I'm all about if we get in the playoffs, that would be ex- preferable. That would be perfect. We the get experience the playoffs, for those kids, etc. Absolutely. And so let's just not get too greedy. Let's take our let's take our number three. Let's take our number two or three pick. Hit on that. And after that, when the first round comes, that mm. could still be a good quarterback mm-hmm. that 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 sneaks and just drops past there. And so, well, I think the, I mean, and John's obviously shown that before. He drafted Russ in the third round. We've heard that he was ready to take Patrick Mahomes late in the first round. If if, oh, really? if that had happened, yeah. That oh, as really? he was slipping, John was like, "Hey, I, I got to take this guy. He's that good." Yeah. We know he went to Josh Allen's pro day and was very curious about Josh. I mean, the one thing you can say about John, actually, you say a lot of good things about John, but one of them is. When he identifies a quarterback that he thinks is legit, he's been right. Yep, yep. And does necessarily will we trade up to go get a guy no. this year? Because we got the got the capital. Would you trade up when if you see to get a quarterback to to, to get your guy? I, I'm not opposed to that. Interesting. I, I hadn't considered that. Just given where they're going to pick, I think I've just been so over the moon excited. We'll see, we'll see where we are. It's still a little early. We'll see where we are. But I, I'm not a fan of trading hmm. or a reaching back. Or, or no, I'm not a fan of reaching ah. for a guy. I've seen you see a lot of teams give up the house and just reach for a guy that they don't necessarily believe in. Who would you, if you were running the Broncos, who would you be looking to bring in to be the coach? I'm looking at Schottenheimer. Really? I, I love Schott. I love Schotty. and I just look at. One thing that Coach Carroll did when um, that he started doing towards the end of the years is that he made he had the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator stand up in front of the whole team and say what well, we did good, bad, and indifferent. Kind of preparing them to be coaches. Yep. And when Shadi stood up and gave his "Tell the Truth" Monday, I was like, I was intrigued by his his presence. Mm. I'm like, this man, he he's well spoken. He knows what he's talking about on offense. He's honest. He tells the truth. He tells what was ugly. And I just look at Russ's <laughs> success when he was with Shadi. Like we, I believe he was the most winningest offensive coordinator <laughs> during like his era. And just I look at what when you see what does the head coach look like. I look at Shadi and like this man can come in and get Russell back to where we know Russell can be. They're, they've thrown around some other former Seahawks coaches as names. Dan Quinn's name has come up. We've heard Daryl Bevel's name come up, which kind of surprised me. I don't, I, I mean, like Bevel's got some skill. I don't think he's a head coach. I don't think he's got that same presence. Mm-hmm. And I think whoever does show up there in Denver is going to need to really have some gravitas. I think Harbaugh's an interesting name. Uh, Can you imagine? Nah, no, no? He, he hasn't made where he is. He hasn't made. But the, I mean, look, Walmart money. There is no, there is no cap to what the Walmart guys could spend. What if they offer him, you know, thirty million a year? It's not about the money. It's about it's kind the, of about the money. Michigan has. You know, Michigan don't have money. They don't have as much money as the <laughs> as the Walton family. But he's a Michigan man. Played mm. their coach there. Like they will roll out whatever you need. We'll okay. fly your team to Rome. We'll fly them to South Africa and just you just do whatever you want here <laughs> as a Michigan head coach. The other name that I think is interesting is D'Amico Ryan's, whose name has come up a little bit. Defense coordinator with the Niners. Really good linebacker in his day. I, I just I like the idea. If I'm if I'm Denver, I'm looking at a defensive coach. Why? First of all, I think defensive coaches tend to be better in the NFL, just in general. Yeah. But second of all, I think someone's going to have to say, like, look, we can't make this all about Russell Wilson in the offense. It's got to be about yeah. what the defense does and then letting your quarterback play a complementary role. Yeah, and when I look at D'Amico Ryans, he'll be a first-year NFL head coach, yeah. but he'll, he'll have a phenomenal defense mm-hmm. on the other side of the ball, but he'll also be limited and building the team into how he wants the team to build him. Like, he doesn't have – not sure what their salary cap is. Right, it'll be a mess. It'll be a mess, and, then, and their draft picks will be a mess as well. So yep. we got a new head coach coming in, new team, hmm. but I don't have the resources to build my roster the way I want it to. And so I would rather have a coach that has experience Interesting. and that can win now, right now. That is assuming that Russ is there. I'm still not 100% convinced that they're not going to cut him in the offseason, just based on some of the comments that they made in their statement the other day. We'll see how it happens. Gene and I were talking about this earlier. He and I are on the same page, which generally makes me pretty nervous about uh, whether or not I'm right. All right. Cliff Averill is in the building. Who's bigger now, you or Cliff? I'm bigger than Cliff. Is that true? He's a pescatarian now. So, oh, really? Yeah, he's been slacking on his steak. And Does he still go to the gym? He hoop a little bit. I don't know if he's lifting weights. I doubt he's lifting weights. He doesn't look as big, I got to say. 
Yeah, he'll, he'll steal. I bet you still pretty quick. Yeah, don't try him. Yeah, I'm not going to try him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to hang up. Stuff, I'm going to see if I can sit him on the other <laughs> side of you. Cliff Aver will be in in just a minute. It's KJ Wright, Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. All right, I'll admit I'm a little nervous. It is Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710, Seattle Sports dot com as well it's kj Wright show this hour now i guess there's been some debate as to whether it's the kj show or the brock and salk show whatever cliff averill's here and so uh it is the kj Wright show i guess that's right let me get out of the way and let, let you introduce your buddy here hey man i know it's been a rough few weeks seattle it's been terrible but who else better to bring in <laughs> than this man right here coming out of jacksonville florida Making his way to the Purdue Boilermakers, yeah, drafted yeah, yeah, by yeah. the Detroit Lions yeah. in the third round, put together a legendary 10-year career, racking up 75 sacks, 34 fumbles, a yeah, Super yeah, Bowl yeah. champ, talk that a talk. pro bowler, <laughs> Mr. Sack Force Fumble himself, ladies yes. and gentlemen. What an introduction. Hey, hey, wow. hey, KJ, I, I, hey, I can't lie. That was pretty good. Hey, come hey, on. This might, this, this might be the KJ Wright show it right is. now. This, yeah, like, I like it. I like I it. I say husband and father, right? I said that too. Yeah, I don't think you even mentioned important. that. Most, yeah, most important. Yeah, most important. What's up, man? How you doing, brother? I can't complain, man. I'm, hey, I'm happy to be here, you know, debating with some of the guys in the back, having a good time, man. I, actually, I, I missed I miss this. This feels like the yeah. locker room. It yeah, felt like yeah. the locker room. Because you did this as soon as you retired, and, and things got a little heated back there. Bro. Can, <laughs> can I take people behind the scenes? Take us behind the scenes. Go for it. Go for it. All right. So I'll just say, so we're. We're, we're in the other room. G comes in. And you guys, I, now I know you know G because I've seen yeah. G giving you grief about your shoes and yeah, yeah, things like that. That's my guy. All right. G G likes to start stuff. For sure. Right? For He's sure. an instigator. He's a radio host. I mean, that's what we do for a living. <laughs> and he got the two of you guys amped up on Russ <laughs> and what they need to do now in Denver. Early at 830 in the morning. We going at it. Like hardcore. <laughs> so you think both of you guys, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah. it seems like both of you believe that as George Payton said yesterday, Russ is fixable in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. I, first off, I think just from a business standpoint, because let's never forget the NFL is a business. And from a business standpoint, it doesn't make any sense to give him that much money and just, okay, you're out. You're out yes. the next year. Like yes. I, that doesn't make any sense to me, yes. right? And and, and, it's, and we're not talking about the lower end guys. We're not talking about the league minimum guys. We're not talking about the second. We're talking about your quarterback that you just gave so much money to, and you're like, ah, you know what? We're gonna change pace and yep. we'll go a different direction. I don't. I don't. I don't. That doesn't make any business but sense. When things and are that broken, set, that, when, but when that something set the is broken, back too, though. it will. But when something is broken, I'll play the other side of this yep, yep. since G's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll pretend to be G. Uh, when when um, when Urban Meyer yeah. spends a year in Jacksonville and it is clearly yeah. not working. Mm-hmm. When the Cardinals drafted what was the kid's name from UCLA? Uh, Rosen, Josh Rosen, yeah. Yeah. and it clearly was not going to work after a year. Yeah. They cut their losses. They just said, you know what? We're not, not going to throw. Dollars, we're not gonna, no, that's <laughs> true. That, that, and, that, and that's my only point. Like, besides, like, I still think it's Russ has a lot. I think, I th- no, I think Russ still has it. I think there's some things that have to change. I think he still has it. But but we're also talking about $80 million. Like, that will set a franchise yeah. back years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you willing to do that? And, I don't, and, and let's no keep sense. it real. He has looked terrible yes. this year. He's looked terrible. I, I don't recognize this guy. The, <laughs> the, the million-dollar question is, can he bounce back and look better yep. next year? Yep. And I believe what you're saying is yes. Like He's put together a great 10-year, 11-year career. One year doesn't make you sorry. One year does not make you sorry. How does that happen? What is the plan? What? Give me a three-point plan if you were running the Broncos yep. to get Russell Wilson back to being a franchise quarterback instead of what he's been this year, which is honestly, jokes aside, no, it, one it, of it the five great. worst quarterbacks no, in the NFL. It, it, it wasn't that great. But what I do think is you – put Russ in positions to make Russ be who he's been in the past, right? Russ is not a pocket passer. So I think you need to move the line of scrimmage so he can see. that. That's what made Russ so great. Get him a great running game. Mm-hmm. That's what made Russ so good. So if if the coach's egos, because we, like we, we're putting this all on Russ, but like coaches have egos too. And mm. I think – I think if guys if guys come together and say what has made Russ so good over the last ten years, he's had a great running game. He hit play action, and when you get him out out of the pocket with boots and different things like that, those are all things that made him great. I'm not saying you need to be running RPOs and and different things like that and making them run against read you know, option. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying we need to do that. What I'm saying is you need to move the offensive line and get him out of the pocket so he can see downfield because so, that's what's made him so all right, good. Two things on that one. 
First of all, can I can I admit something? Was it? I think the best. I, I hate. I shouldn't say this. I know that I already get people Uh-oh. mad at me. Oh, I think the best I've ever seen Russ run the read option was the year he ran it against you when you were in in Detroit. Yeah, did they did they win that game? <laughs> I don't think they won that game. He lo- that was the first time I watched <laughs> no, him run that. Yeah. And I was like, Russell's really good. He's making Cliff Averill have to second guess and this and that. Because like, I always thought you were a really good player. Honestly, jokes aside. Appreciate like, it. Cliff's a really good player. I always thought that when you were in Detroit. And then that game, I was like, man, Russell's just totally taken him out of this game with yeah. that with that read option. To my how- defense, I got the dive on that. I don't have quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to my defense, he might have been torching us, but I had to dive, okay? But, he, but it, 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 it was very effective. Yeah. Here's the pro- Here's the only problem with what with what you just said. I don't think this was about the coach's ego. From from the get-go, Hackett seemed subservient to Russ. He said, this is Russ's team. We're building it You're all around him. to say all those things. No, not the way mm-mm, he did, man. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Not the way he did. So, not the so way he did. It. I've never seen a so coach. Do we, do we remember the first, like, the first like few that. weeks of the season? Um, I think he went for like a field goal. He did some dumb run. stuff. So... Like who? Whose fault is that? Like that's that's showing that you have no faith in them off jump. And then okay, now it's like every the media gets behind you and and forces you. Like a few weeks later, I think they 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 put the ball in Russ's hand. I think he might have he didn't he didn't do what he was supposed to do. But at that point, we all know quarterbacks are um, what's the word I'm looking for. Mental midgets. Can you say that? I was looking for the word. Oh, you can't say that. My bad. I was gonna say a little sensitive. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the politically correct we'll word is. But anyways, <laughs> they, they, post production. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be in the the, the meeting room afterwards. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, they, they they can be sensitive sometimes. So if if you throw a wrench in in it early on, it's gonna be hard for like, oh, you don't believe in me. So now I'm like, all right, I got I got to figure things out on my own. You know what? Russell needs My right now. About that. You know what Russell <laughs> needs right now? He needs a really good friend, to be honest with him. Does yeah. he have one? I'm not answering the question. He needs a I think so. Who? I think he has I think he has good friends around no, him. No, to be honest with him, who can with tell him what he what? needs going forward. This is what you need, Russ. First of all, you need to be honest with yourself. You need to look at your strengths. You need to look at your weaknesses and say, this is what I need to take myself and take my career going forward. Russ, you're not good at this. Yeah. You're not good at this, bro. I love you. You're not good at this. You're really good at this. This is what you need. You need this honesty. But you need a coach that can tell him that, too. Absolutely. So, like, that's on the the coaches. And hack it. Was not that. I say, yeah. Hackett called on him. Hackett was like, this is Russ's team. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. No, bro. If he's playing bad, he's playing mm-hmm. bad. No, you're, you're supposed to be truthful at all times. I agree with that. But telling a quarterback this is your team is not far-fetched. Like, all quarterbacks yeah, feel like. he didn't tell him it was his team, man. He was like, it is all you. Whatever you want to do, it's built around your wishes. Yes, I didn't like that at all. And I and I, it, you could see it at the time. It didn't. It just didn't feel right. And then do, when you, Okay, here's a question for you guys. The other 30 quarterbacks, 31 quarterbacks in the league, <laughs> the, the Tom Brady's of the world, the, uh, the, the, the Aaron Rodgers of the world, all these guys, you don't think that they think the team is theirs? I like, think they do. Okay, so, so why wouldn't Russ think the same? Like, going into the situation, Russ is top five quarterback. Mm-hmm. Going into that, so why wouldn't you say that to him? Why wouldn't you like? I, I don't understand why we look at Russ from a different lens in comparison to all the other great quarterbacks. Because unfortunately, now, he, didn't play, he didn't play like a top because five when he got the chance to do that, it was an epic disaster. Cliff, you know why? Ten years Cliff, you, of winning, guys. You know like, why, are we going to forget that? Cliff, you know why? Geez, <laughs> looking at me like, what are you doing? When he was here, you knew who team it was. Yeah, whose team was it? Go ahead, tell him, KJ. But you know, <laughs> whose team was it? It was everybody's team. Whose team was it? Yeah, yes, let's say that. It was Marshawn's team. It was a Marshawn team. Marshawn's team. It was Clay, KJ's team. It was Bobby's team. It was it was everybody's team. It was everybody's team. We really the, didn't have a, a situation where we felt like it was somebody's team. It was team. not the quarterback. Did that make it Pete's team or no? No. Nah. I, I told G this the other day. <laughs> no, no. Listen, listen, listen. I, I told G this uh, when I did a show a few, a few months ago. It, like, Coach Carroll laid the foundation for us to be great. Mm-hmm. But we built the house, mm-hmm. right? So he was the foundation, uh, like his culture, his system, that was the foundation of our team. Yeah. We were the uh, the, the the bricks and, and uh, the, the, the wood and the nails. Like we built that infrastructure. Absolutely. So, so let this, me ask you this then, Cliff. You got Cliff Averill who's here, with KJ Wright. It's, but it's a whole without thing. a strong foundation, you got a weak house. So, so I've so. asked a lot of people this question over the course of the last year, and I've gotten a lot of very different, interesting answers. With all of that being true and everything you just said about Russ, why isn't Russ here this year? 
Uh, that's that's business decisions. Business that's, decisions. No, that's very core. Business Why decisions. Is, on who? On whose part? Both, obviously, because he had to make. He had to. Agree I mean, Russ to said it. he wanted out, right? But but think about this, Why guys. Why isn't think, he here? But, but he didn't No, he never said that. But Russ think about this. That. Think about this. For the last three years, going into the off season, everybody's been saying, "Oh, he's being shopped around." Now. Has well, he said it. His agent no, said no, it. No, His but, agent said, "I'm not asking for a trade, yeah. but if I was, no, here's four teams if, I'd like but to if go you, to." But if you tell me that, hey, we're probably we're interested in possibly trading you mm. three straight years, I'm supposed to be your franchise quarterback. At some point, I gotta say, okay, let me go then. <laughs> I have to. I have, like there. It makes no sense. Like I don't see any other quarterback every year, year in and year out, where they're like, okay, you, you, yeah, we're we're looking at trade options, like. At some point, your ego and everything else is going to be like, you know what? Let me out then. Let yep. me out. If y'all don't want me here, let me go. And he's not here because Coach Carroll had to re, I'm going to say regather this locker room. Yeah. He had to get his locker room back. Mm-hmm. He had to have my message is going to resonate with the fellas. My philosophy is going to be my philosophy. If you're not on board, then you got to go. That's why he's not here, and that's that's fair too. I think all of the above play a role in why he's not here. Um, you know what I mean, I just don't. I, I I feel like if every for for your last three seasons at a team, and every year you're like, yeah, they think about trading me. Oh, I'm hearing this about the media. You know what? I'm talking to my agent like, man, yeah, okay, y'all gonna trade me, I, and I get to pick where I get to go. All right, well, put yeah. me on the tra- trade block then, yeah. and I'll agree to something. Yeah. But you can't, you can't consistently tell me you you don't like me at the end of the yeah. season after I don't won ten games yep. and think I just want to be here the next yep. year. And, ba- and, and back to the culture piece, G. Scott said this best. There was debate oh, no. between who who was the culture? Was it Coach Carroll or was it the players? I said this. I said Coach Carroll was the culture when it came to Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Everything that he did at USC was a split image that he did 1,000%. with the Seattle Seahawks. So did he bring in some guys with some unique personalities? And with yes. Some Clearly, yes. Yes. But we bought in he, to, but, what, to what he laid out for it must have been us. shocking for a lot of you guys, having come from other – I mean, you were in Detroit, for God's exactly. sakes, no. known as one of the worst cultures in the NFL. <laughs> right? I mean, just 16? historically, hey, relax, right? Relax, relax, relax. And, and to fans. come here and Pete and all of it, it – there's no doubt he brought in some fascinating people, and he seemed to be the perfect coach for that group. So let me spin you forward to today yep. because, as Brock always says, the 30 for 30 on the Seahawks is going to be the most interesting one ever made. There are yeah. more compelling personalities 1, that we had a chance to talk about over the course <laughs> of a decade than anyone deserves to. And, you know, I was joking earlier about Sherm, who's obviously not happy with me and doesn't want to talk to me, <laughs> which is fine. And I, I honestly, I get it. I was critical of him. The, the, it's because the personalities were so fascinating on this team and the drama was so interesting. And from the outside, you're trying to guess a little bit at what's, what's going, going on and try mm-hmm. to figure yeah. out why. And, and I'll say it. Maybe this will sound harsh. A team that could have won more didn't. I know. I, 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 I agree with that. I don't mean to make that harsh, no, but I, you guys went to two Super Bowls. I agree with that. Obviously, very easily could have won the second. And there's a lot of to yeah. unpack with that. But after that. Never advanced okay. past okay. the first round, despite having one of the great defenses no, of we all past time. The first round after that. I'm sorry, the we, second we round. We did, we did. I, no, I, Didn't get past the second <laughs> round. I'm sorry, yeah. you're right. Got past the first round, not it the second worse. round. It got worse over time. Yeah. And it's, and it's. I don't want to say a, it's a bummer. Like, I mean, I feel like there was more that was left on the table. And some of it is Cliff, your injury, and Cam's mm-hmm. injury. and Jay Lane. Right. I mean, they, they bet on you two guys yeah. over some other guys that they let go. Yeah. And unfortunately, you both had freak injuries, and there's nothing anybody could do about that. Yeah. But it's, I, I think the it's bet was fine, It's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, you like no, the bet. <laughs> I like the bet. No, but but in all seriousness, though, like, yes, I do think um, – I, I, we joke around about this all the time is – you know, I think if we win that second Super Bowl, there's no doubt in my mind we won the third one, right? Yeah. And Gosh. due to whatever reason or whatever. But we can't negate, like, what we had. Because what, 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 we, what we see and what we know about the NFL is extremely hard to be consistent mm-hmm. like we were for mm-hmm. five, five, six years. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to do that in the NFL. To be the top defense for four to five mm-hmm. years. To, to, to have, you know, you look at the Pro Bowl and you got nine Seahawks. Like, it's, it, like, it's so it was impressive. Did we win what we were supposed to? No, obviously not. But we can't get like 
people always be like, man, you should have won a second Super Bowl. I'm like, well, I won one. I know guys that have played 15 yes, years absolutely. that never made it to the I Super Bowl. I really believe, too, if you don't get hurt in that game, you win the game. Yeah, I've never been missed so much. You were having a good game. Uh, yeah. And if like, Cam doesn't get hurt before, I, didn't know, I was like, where's Cliff at? Yeah, and they started doubling down on Mike. It was a wrap after that. Oh, man. So take me now to today, right? Yes, so sir. spin this forward to the Seahawks of now because this has been a, this has been its own interesting year of a mm-hmm. complete surprise. Pete, I think, has won back a lot of support from people outside the building who were ready to potentially move on, yeah. who wanted Russ to be the one to stay instead of Pete. And I think those people are going, oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, and I think we all felt very comfortable. Pete's great. They won four in a row. Gino looks like he's great. the real deal. Mm-hmm. And now you go one and five. Yeah. And you got two games left. And I don't know where it ends. You yeah. could go as bad as one and one and seven down the stretch. That's tough. Or you could go what at that point three and five and make the playoffs potentially. It, it can go a lot of different ways. But what is they, this team? What consistency? Like mm-hmm. that's that's what they lack. Consistency because mm-hmm. that five the, 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 those those four to five game stretches of where they were killing and they were doing they were doing their thing. Yep. Yep. Their defense was playing really well. Yep. They had just changed up the the technique on, uh, up front yep. and different things like that. So like that's what has been lacking in my opinion is just mm-hmm. consistency overall. Uh, Geno's looked great for majority of the season, and then he has spurts where you know okay he might throw a pick here or there, or he's not making the the the, the right throw or whatever. But it's consistency. It doesn't yep. look like Coach Carroll Ball when we talk about turnovers, mm-hmm. we talk about tackling and consistency like that. That those are the only. But that's also due to experience that's due to like the lack of leadership they're and experience young. yeah they're mm-hmm. a young team and that's what you should expect from a young team yep. with guys that don't necessarily have and you look at Bruce Bruce is 11 years in the next guy besides uh Big Al you know but as pass rushers the next guy is 25 years old you know what mm-hmm. I mean so like they need more coaches sometimes you get better as a pass rusher as you get older yeah but then they're, they're, and then you know they're probably crass I, I, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't even say that I think like as a pass rusher, yes, I think you can get better over time. But then you get to year seven and eight; it's all about trying to maintain it at that. All point. right, but years yeah. three and four, once you've had a couple of years in the league, you think the you're better than you are right for away? For sure, because I mean that, that's for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, if you get enough reps by year three and four, the game slows down tremendously. You start watching more film. You start actually understanding what football is about, and you're not just out there playing backyard football. And, and Cliff, there's been a lot of talk about our D line personnel versus mm-hmm. the D line scheme. Like mm-hmm. I play with Q, I play with Puna. These guys are. Pin- Penetrate, get in the backfield, yep. TFL type guys. When you look at them in this new three four scheme, what's like what what's got to give, and what do we need to do going forward to make this Seahawks defense come to life? I think I think when we talk about up front, I think when like I said those that stretch when we were you know we won like four games, five games, whatever it was. Um, the the technique had changed completely because early on in the season they were catching everything. Mm. Q is. 280 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Like the people that, that play that type of position in that technique are 320. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, so when they switched it up and like you guys are attacking, 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 things look completely different. Yes. Right? Yes. So, that's, so, so that's when you yes. What would you do next year then? So, you've brought in Clint Hurt. Yep. And you brought in Sean Desai and all these guys who are mm-hmm. sort of three, four guys. What I hear you saying is that they didn't really have the personnel up front to run that that defense to run it the way they are, wanted to. Yeah. What are you doing in the off season? Are you looking to go and stay with your more penetrating style? Or are you looking to go find some dudes on the defensive line who are 320, 340, et cetera, who can catch those blocks and open things up for the linebackers? I think you, I think I, I personally, I've never really been a huge, huge fan of the three, four in general. Um, because that cause you have to play linebacker. Well, I would, no. As as an outside linebacker, is amazing. Oh, okay. As an outside, like you're the only person that actually gets to win <laughs> in a three four scheme <laughs> is the outside linebackers mm-hmm. uh, because you get the rush. You're going up against tight ends and, and running backs. You know what I mean? So like, I would have loved to play in that because mm-hmm. probably would have had another fifteen sacks or something. Mm-hmm. But I, I, what, what I think you do is you either change up the scheme, not even change up the scheme. You change up the technique in the scheme. To to go yep. with the guys that you have, because yeah. I don't you don't know what contract situations and different things like that are, but you change up the scheme, uh, you you keep the scheme, change up the technique, and then everybody plays off of that. Because yep. the guys that you have are penetrators, guys that get upfield that are disruptive. You can't have those guys yep. catching blocks and, and different things. Like that's a whole new technique, a whole new thing for these guys. Yeah, because when what, what's your thoughts on Daryl Taylor? Because when I look at Daryl, I see a guy like. Man, he is really good. Yeah. Then I see a guy like, where the hell is Daryl Taylor? Consistency. When you look at Daryl Taylor, does he 
does he have it? Is he is he a guy that you could build a team around? What what do you love about him? I like DT as so, a ball player. So I like DT because he has some stuff that you can't teach, you can't coach. He got real good lean. He's naturally a, a decent athlete. I mean, he's a really good athlete, right? Now, we talked about the development of a pass rusher. Like, that can only get you so far. Like, I remember an old head telling me this. Uh, one of my guys back in the day telling me this when I first got in the league, and I didn't understand it completely. He was like, the first three years in the NFL, you can survive off athleticism. Mm-hmm. Year three through six, is it, yeah, athleticism starts deteriorating a little bit. Now it's athleticism and the mental piece of the game. Mm-hmm. After year six, it's all mental. Yeah. It's all mental, yeah, yeah. right? So, like, he's at that point where he has to learn the game now. Yeah. It ain't about just beating guys off athleticism, understanding understanding uh, the scheme, understanding uh, the, yeah. the the protection, understanding how guys block. Okay, this guy's a high puncher, so now I use my scissors. This guy's a low puncher, now I use my top. Like, understanding how to rush, right? Yeah. That's where he needs to get now. But he can't get there if he doesn't have anybody to teach him that. Yeah. Coaches can't teach you that because coaches got 50 other guys that they got to talk to, right? Who, who teaches him then? He got he got Off-season, you, you got to get, get around guys that Bruce, do that. You talk yeah. to Talk to I mean Bruce, no, Bruce can yeah. help, but he came midway through no. the season. You're already stuck in your ways at yeah. that point. Well, you know guys I mean? doing the offseason, they get with a coach, they get with a group of guys. They get with Cliff Averill. Yeah, I mean, don't you do this in the offseason? Yeah, I get with all my guys. I get with a few of the guys, and and I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I get with some of the guys. So I'm available. Like all you got to. And the thing is, all those guys have my number. Yeah. But I, and I also understand nobody really wants to stay here during the offseason. Like yeah. guys want to get, get out and do whatever. Get boy but, in here. My, he he needs to get with me too because I think he has a lot of potential. All but, he is but a, potential, he is an athlete, but, man. But potential just means you ain't did nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, okay. Let's, oh, we gotta go. We gotta go. We're just about done. I gotta ask Cliff. This we only got an hour. We only got. Oh man. No, he can, you want to stick around ten more minutes? Okay. Let's okay. Before you do around, that, then you take one more set. We'll take one more. Can I just ask something quickly? Because I know you're generally doing something charitable. What are you working on these days? Whether it's houses in Haiti, what are you working on these days? I love that. This is one of our favorite things about you. Oh no, appreciate it. Yeah, no, man. Cliff Avery family foundation we're doing a wide range of things we just obviously the holiday season uh we just did uh i took a, a bunch of uh, i got a, a group of kids that i've been mentoring for the last four years started with them in third grade now they're all in seventh grade and uh we do a wide range of different things exposing them to you know different professions that are here in this back in, in our own backyard cool. but uh we had quite a few guys take them shopping i take them shopping every year for christmas i take them we go do some charity work as well together because it's all about giving back but then um you know i i, I do this random acts of kindness so i'll go to a different grocery store and and certain areas and just pay for everybody's groceries or whatever. Mm. So that's kind of what I've been up to during the holiday season. Then we're rolling it back up next year with Champions of Change. We're going to do the the celebrity basketball game down at uh, Climate Pledge again. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we're going to, I'm going to be back to promote that. So uh, yeah, we're going, we're doing a lot of things. Well, we will certainly have you in. Uh, The text line kind of likes uh, Cliff and KJ together. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. There's a lot of, there's a lot of love here. So I'll tell you what. This is my my locker mate, man. We we were locker mates for five years. We've got about (laughs) 10 more minutes. So let's take a quick break. I got you. Uh, of course, this hour is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino every time. Cl- uh, KJ, rather, is in here. We'll do a few more minutes with Cliff. I had a feeling this might happen, so I left the next <laughs> segment open. We'll be right back. It's Brock and Salk, Sales Sports on 710salesports.com. Get in the freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle's Sports Station. And Brooke Roar, you are... And Brooke, you are powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Yeah, forget Brock Heward and Mike Salk. It's Cliff Averill and KJ Wright. Gonna stick around a few more minutes here because obviously we didn't get nearly close to what we did. No, I, this this I mean, <laughs> sheesh, this needs to be more of a regular thing. Thank you uh, both for coming in today and. Uh, just just being yourselves and yes. talking and arguing and taking us inside what it's like. <laughs> and as G always says in Mo Kelly's office, that's where things are real. So I feel like yes, we're getting right. a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of glimpse, just a yeah. glimpse. Yeah. I don't know. If we're getting the whole thing. I'm not going to pretend like we're that lucky. But <laughs> no, no, it's a glimpse. It's a glimpse. It's how are how are you doing? I'm I'm good. I can't complain at all. Um, you know, I mean, I I got the foundation. Obviously, I got my my real estate company that's that's kind of doing its thing and growing in that space and running around. My boys, my boy, my, my oldest plays AAU basketball. That's a full time commitment. There. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. it's a real commitment. So, but I enjoy it though. Like I I'm, I'm blessed to be able to take these trips with them and, you know what I mean, not have, mm-hmm. not have those worries of, of, you know, can we make the trip or not, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So uh, I'm very fortunate. But everything's yeah. good. Can't yeah, complain. Yeah. And Cliff, I want to get a little vulnerable here. When we talk about... It's nobody listening. Let's go. When we talk about... <laughs> it's Gap Week. It's been Christmas and New Year's. There actually really isn't anybody listening. <laughs> when we're talking about playing football your whole life... Yes. 
And you got to, what thing you got to get right is the finance piece. 1,000%. We get so much money with so lack of education. Like yeah. We get millions of dollars, and we don't know what the hell to do with it. And this is my locker mate. We talked finances all, all the time. time. This is the first man I talked finances to mm. when I played in the NFL. And just tell me, what is it? That athletes miss when it comes to I got to get my finances right to make sure that I'm good while I'm playing and to set myself up for generational wealth. What you just said we used to do, have the conversation, yeah. talk about it. Um, but but also, I don't chalk it up to just athletes. I talk it up to people. young people mm-hmm. in America because it's not, it's not a black or white thing. It's a America thing. Like, mm-hmm. they don't teach financial. We send our kids to these, these private schools and we they don't teach financial literacy. Like, mm-hmm. they don't teach you how to balance a checkbook. They don't yeah. teach you how to. So, so it's a issue. And then I don't care, again, if you're an athlete. I don't care if you're, you're an engineer just getting out of school and they, they give you a, a six-figure check. Yeah. You're going to do something stupid with it because you're 21, Absolutely. 22, 23 Absolutely. years old. So, so I think it's the conversation. I think it's thirst for information, right? Because what we used to do, like I, I remember uh, 6 a.m. workouts. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike and I used to control the the the, the speaker box in, yeah. in the locker room. Y'all would play. Uh, we play Rich Dad yeah. Poor Dad. We yeah, would play. Yeah. We play audio books in the in the locker. Man, turn that mess up. No, that's the problem. Nobody want to. <laughs> nobody want to talk yeah. about finance. Y'all want to turn yeah, yeah. on all that rap music. No, let's let's listen to something that could actually Absolutely. help you. Right? Wow, you sound like an old man. Yeah, hey, but that that's I felt that's, like that was my role. That that's, was my role. Like yeah. as the old head on the team, that was my like it was deeper than just football. Who taught you that? The thirst for wanting, like all the stories before us too, right? You see these thirty for thirties. You see mm-hmm. these these guys. Like I know guys that I played mm-hmm. with that are struggling now, right? And and I, I heard uh, I heard on a podcast the other day, and I'm a big po- podcaster. Um, I heard on a podcast, uh, old veteran player. He said he said something that was cool. He's like, man, everybody want a ball while they're in the NFL, right? But the real ballers are the guys that can live the lifestyle that they're living now, 10, 15 years from now, Absolutely. which means. In moderation, which means slow yes, down, which yes. means let's think about. But you got to remember, again, 25 years old, 24 years old, you're only thinking about next week. Yeah. You're only thinking about next year. You're Damn. not thinking about when you're 35, 45, 55, right? So for me, it was just all about getting the information. I definitely never wanted to be in a situation where I, I was struggling because I seen my mom. I seen my dad. I mm-hmm. seen how hard they worked, right? And then I also think me being Haitian plays a big role in just – I used to watch my mom literally make, you know, $100, $200 uh, uh, every two weeks. And she would send half her money to Haiti. Mm, yeah. Right? So to me, it's like... Your mom first generation? For, uh, yeah. My mom, she came here. She came here. I'm a first generation American, Haitian okay. American, right? So so like I used to watch her do that. And then, so so to me, it was like, I know I just seen our light bills are, are late. I know mm-hmm. I seen, you know, certain things are about to get cut off. But to her, it was like, you think things are bad. Yeah. But things could be way worse. Yeah, yeah. Right, so perspective. So Brock has always told me that that guys, when he played, now he's obviously a little older than you guys, kind of a generation before. A a little bit. But he says that that when they they would bring in from the Players Association, et cetera, guys to talk about that, that there were dudes in the locker room who were like, don't talk to these guys. Yeah. Don't put your money in the 401K. That's just the way they're trying to steal your money. And they didn't trust. Do you think that's changed in the last decade or so? I think guys still don't trust the league because, uh, to be quite frank, like the league don't, really like you. I mean, yeah. like you're just a commodity to the league. Right. So I can understand yeah. the mindset. I think, I think now, honestly, there's so much information out there now. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. been so many examples of guys that have, have, have done some, some, some dumb stuff with their finances. So now it's all about learning. And then you start seeing LeBron and Steph Curry and uh, uh, KD. You start seeing how these guys are moving. I want to move like those guys. Those mm-hmm. guys are making they're making power moves, right? You gotta go invest in a pickleball team. Uh no, I don't I don't have I don't have pickleball money <laughs> yet. Uh, wow. <laughs> a few, few people do. Yeah. I thought KJ, I thought you were gonna talk when you said be vulnerable. I thought you were gonna talk about sort of that adjustment out of football. That's the thing. I've seen you yes. a couple of weeks ago and you talking again, vulnerable yeah. about how you weren't feeling great that day, and then yeah. you know, we made it all worse for you that day. It was a tough day. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I was telling them how you know, this is my first year out, and I was telling, yeah. I was telling them how I just have my days where, like, man, this retirement stuff sucks. Like, it's different. I just want to, like, be around people. I just want to be yeah. engaging with the guys. And I was just going to ask you, like, you at three? This your third year out? Man, I'm five years out. Five? Five years, bro. It goes by. COVID messed us up, though. COVID yeah, yeah. It was a blank year for us all. And so you five years out. And so, but tell, take me back to when it first happened. Because, Cliff, you had a career. Your career ended instantly. Mid career. Uh, yeah, abruptly. Ended instantly. Yep, yep. What was your mental? Was you like, I'm, I'm going to try to come back, or this is a wrap? What was yeah. that season like 
when you first was out? It, so the transition is hard for everybody. I don't care if you played one year. And I, I, I truly say this, too. I say people like Tom Brady and, like, people that the longer you play, the harder I feel like the transition is going to be. Because you've literally been doing this your entire life at that point, mm-hmm. right? But um, for me, the transition was tough because this this is something most most people, other than I guess the us, us athletes or football players, probably don't think about is like since we were I'm a late bloomer, so I started in, in high school, mm-hmm. right? Um, high school, you probably got 50, 60 guys on your team. Mm-hmm. College, you got a hundred players on your team. NFL, you got fifty one other, fifty two other guys on your team. So your entire life. You've been around 50 to 100 guys that understand what you're going through, mm-hmm. understand the grind, understand the mental strength that you have to have. Like, so, so, like, there's comfort in that. Yeah. So, when that gets taken away from you and you go and it's just you and your wife, she, like, she understands that your body's beat up, but she doesn't understand what you've been through. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you lose that, that community, you lose that, 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 that brotherhood, that locker room. And if you ask any veteran, I've all, one thing I was always thirsty for was information from my older, well, my older players because I wanted to know what they're going through because I wanted to be them one day mm-hmm. and also understand what, what to expect. Everybody tells you they miss the locker room. Yep. They don't miss Absolutely. the game. They Absolutely. don't miss the checks. They miss the locker room. Absolutely. They miss being around the guys. So for me, fortunately, and this is why I tell young players, don't burn bridges. Out first year out, I'm, oh, yeah. at, I'm, at, I'm at every other practice. <laughs> yeah. Just walk in the building. Just walk in the building. Like, hey, Clay, oh, <laughs> yeah. they love seeing me in the building, right? So yeah. like that was therapeutic for me. Yeah. Like being able to walk into the locker room, still be able to go sit down next to KJ and 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 talk about whatever. Um, you know, even if it's just for five minutes. So that was very therapeutic yep. for me. Yep. Right. And then, you know, obviously just trying to figure out what else you want to be great at. Yep. And then as we talk like throughout this mental health movement, we've seen a lot of guys really struggle. Did you personally get a on uh, your own therapist to help yep. you process your thoughts? process the transition did you do that yes uh immediately actually um jay yeah. rainey so i started talking with jay rainey um probably like two weeks after i got hurt and kind of realizing my career was probably over with the best thing the worst and best thing that happened to someone me. someone suggest that to you um i feel like somebody might have just hey you should talk to him just mm-hmm. on some you know what i mean spiritual type stuff and then it just became i just started pouring out stuff because one thing about the NFL is like you don't have time to show your emotions sure. and feelings and, and yeah. talk about that type of stuff right but what I would say is is like that helped me out tremendously but the best the worst and best thing that happened to me was I got hurt obviously and it was career ending but I happened it happened week four of the season mm-hmm. what I did know is all the 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 doors and opportunities that I would be able to walk through while I'm underneath that umbrella of being yep. in the NFL, we're still available. So mm-hmm. I took advantage of the, the the other 14 or 12 weeks that we had of the mm-hmm. season. I was meeting with CEOs. I was meeting with Zillow. I was meeting with all these different people, uh, radio, whatever, like just just trying to expose myself to different yep. things to figure out what it, what else I wanted to do. Yep. I always knew football would end. It was just you just never knew when. Yep, and, and I think like the moral of this story is like one day – all of this is going to end, but what we got to do as athletes during our time together is that we got to have those conversations. 1, we got to talk finances. We got to talk family. We got to talk about what are you thinking once you get done? Yeah. Because once it's done, that mess is here and it hits you. And and that okay, door closed. Say, just just by you guys talking about therapy, et cetera. I mean, look, I, you know, I, I'm 44. Mm-hmm. Watching two guys at the height of the most masculine sport we play in this country talking about the need for therapy when they're done. Guys, that is a major step forward and sea change in the way. Fifteen years ago, you would have never heard that. Fifty. 15, oh, 15, five. Because, because, but again, it's, it's, it's that is a sport. different world, yeah, man. And it's the perception of us. Like, these guys got all this money. Yeah. They got all the women at their feet. They're Whoa. playing in front of thousands of people. Like, their life has got to be good. Is it? But, sounds pretty good. It, it is good. It is <laughs> good. I mean, it sounds but, good. But it, it also, there's an other side to it. There's a lot of stress. You got yeah. a lot of family demanding stuff that from part. it. Then you, you got, got idiots of, on the radio talking trash about <laughs> you. <laughs> you got, um, you got injuries you got to deal with. You got all this stuff, the ending and crumbling at once. So it's a lot of stress and a lot Did of battles s- to uphold that can you, standard. Can you guys stick around for 10 more minutes? i got to yeah, ask more about this. Forget need to know. I'm keeping these guys until 930. We'll be right back. Brock and Salk with Cliff and KJ. Seattle Sports on 710. This, this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports Station. 
Yeah, well, I just have to keep Cliff and KJ here. The conversation is just a little bit too interesting and getting a little deep. Thanks to KJ, who uh, who wanted to talk about being vulnerable. So I'm glad yeah. you did. Uh, we spent a little bit of time uh, talking about finances, a little bit of time talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Tyler Lockett, who talks about that stuff yeah. a lot. He seems like a really incredible kid, like just a good guy. Yeah. You realize it early. I think that's the big thing, yeah. right? Most yeah, yeah. of us are too into ourselves to even think about, you know what I mean, the, the mental health piece. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with me, you know, ego and everything else. So I think him realizing that early at an earlier age is going to help him throughout his career. We, we were talking a little bit about this off the air, so I wanted to ask you guys each about it. And you go, come from different places. KJ, obviously, you're from Mississippi, right? Mississippi? Cliff, you're from Jacksonville? Did you Jackson, in the city of Jacksonville? Or you right, outside, of a, right, right outside of Jacksonville. Okay. Green Coast so, Springs. so what is it like? You talked a little bit about finances and money and trying to understand what that's like when you're at a young age and all of a sudden, you know, they throw a lot of money at you. Yeah. What do you have to deal with at that point? I mean, do you have, do you have people coming yeah. to you? Yeah, so so it's it's a little bit of two it's twofold, right? Because as a kid, I know for me, I was just telling you guys, like I, I lived in apartments my entire life up until the first time I bought my mom a house back I don't know ten years ago, eleven years ago. Um, so my ultimate goal in seeing, I told y'all how my mom used to move and send money back. Like my ultimate goal was to help my mom get out of her situation mm-hmm. and buy her a house. Like that, that was my. You asked all my friends back in college, like, man, I just want to buy my mom a house. That was yeah. my goal, yeah. right? So in doing so, um, when you get some money, there's two things that happen. One, the roles reverse. Yep. You become the parent because mm-hmm. people uh, associate yep. finances with wisdom. Yeah. My And I, I used to tell my mom, I'm only 22 years old, like yeah. 23. I still need your help. I still yep. need guidance. But most people, if they don't come from money, they associate Finances with wisdom. So now you become the parent as you try to figure. And this did thing she out. know anything about finances to help guide you through it? No. My, my, now my dad from from how he used to move and like I used to, my dad used to flip cars like that was his thing and now I find myself doing that from time to time. But like that was his <laughs> thing, right? So I used to see him kind of moving and shaking. You uh-huh. know what I mean? To to, to hustle mm-hmm. and and make money and flip. You know but whatever. That's a street smart version of making money. That's not but how that, do I deal with taxes and stock market. Right. No, I mean no, that's a different not, style. Not, none of that stuff. So all that stuff had to be taught and learned from being thirsty for the information. I, I remember when I got drafted, this, this is how ignorant, I guess, or, or naive I was. I got drafted and my agent calls me. He's like, Hey, you got drafted. He tells me what my signing bonus is going to be. Um, he tells me how much I'm going to make that year. And I think I, my signing bonus was like 295 or something like that. Right. I'm like, Oh my gosh, fresh out of college. I'm rich. Like I used to survive off of $200 a month. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm rich. Right. And don't get me wrong. That's a lot of money, but So in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give my my dad this amount of money. I'm going to give my mom this amount of money. I'm going to give my brother this amount of money. And I'm sitting there going through, I'm like, okay, and I'm going to leave myself with like a hundred thousand or whatever, whatever that number was. Right. And, and I get my first check and I call my agent. I'm like, Hey, um, (laughs) when they go send the rest of my money, (laughs) he's like, how much was it? And I tell him, he's like, no, that, that, that sounds about right. I'm Mm. like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's the rest of my money? Like, yeah. half of my money's gone. Like, where's yeah. the, He's like, oh, no, you got to pay taxes, this, that, and the third. And then he hits me with the wham. Oh, and I still haven't taken my fee out yet. Oh. Mm. You still had to pay him. I still had to pay him. 3%. 3%, bro. And it's 3% of the entire amount, not pro- post-tax, pre- pre-tax money, right? Yes. Gross. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, like, but these are all things no one taught us. Yeah. Not in college, not in high school. No so, one taught us. So help me a little bit. So I, most people can't relate to all of a sudden making millions of dollars. No. That, well, that I didn't make rare. millions of dollars until like year seven, right. Fine, six. But most, I guess what I would say is most people can't relate to going from making nothing yeah. to making a much bigger chunk sure. of money. And For be, sure. So what, how would you take that advice or take what you learned in, in there and spin it towards people just living a, a you know, a, I say a normal life, but yeah. a non NFL life where their finances probably aren't going to change that drastically yeah. at any point. But they still need to know how to how to, how to operate move. and how to move and how to continue to to grow in their situation. The, hold on, let me get, yeah. answer that one. Yeah, the best book I read that taught me about financial literacy, and we all ha- should read this. Uh, this is the the Bible of financial literacy to me. Is Rich Dad Poor Dad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That book changed how I 
looked at finances and every like that's what introduced me to understanding what's going on with my finances. Yep, and the the main thing that I learned from that book is you got liabilities and you got assets. Yep. Which one are you pouring your money into? Am I going to pour my money into this, which is going to lose money over time, or I just can't get money back? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to pour my money into this, which is going to increase my finances? Houses over cars. Houses over cars. Now, I will say, some cars can be assets. Some. some. If you know what you're doing. But assets and liabilities, that's what it boils down to is assets and liabilities. Assets, cash flow, uh, investing, liabilities, cars, and and jewelry, and all these other things. Which is rust right now, asset or liability? (laughs) 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 And Uh, I I say the basic thing, if you want to get into the stock market, is the S&P 500, like index funds. Just start small. Just start small with, like, Robin Hood. I wouldn't do Robin Hood right now. They're in a little bit of hot water. They got a little little, uh, crypto (laughs) issues in Careful, so just right. start just start small. All right, we got to go. Guys, thank you. Yes. Uh, this was a, Cliff, thank you for coming in. My KJ's pleasure. been doing this every week. Did you know that he was a natural radio star? Yeah, when he used to come on my show, uh, he used to do his thing. So I, I'm happy for KJ, man. He's killing it. But one of the things I used to tell him all the time, like before I, I retired, was like, hey, man, try everything because you don't know what you're going to like. Right? Try yeah. everything. And he's a natural at this. He's so. good at this. Yeah, he's, he's, he's legit. He's really it. good at this, as are you. Thank, thank you for you. coming in. Appreciate it. Uh, it's great to see both of you. Uh, KJ will do this next week, of course. After a win. Uh, thank you for yes, doing an extra half hour as well. No I mean, problem. you're here. You might as well do it at this point. Nobody <laughs> listening, as we said. It's Gap Week. It's between Christmas and New Year's. Nobody's at work. Uh, not, uh, not based on the text line. People no, are going, going like this. crazy for you guys. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little cracking with Piper Shaw. And then uh, Justin and I have really missed doing rank together for the last couple of weeks. So uh, we will be reunited in ranking glory at 945. It's Brock and Salk. Cliff, KJ, thank you. Sales Sports on 710 salesports.com.